This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frames. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hon, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next up, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a vision center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. Do you import and export goods in and out of the UK? If so, then look no further for all your logistics and freight forwarding needs than Lila International Logistics, owned and run by West Ham fans. Lila, that's L-I-L-A, International Logistics, provides businesses with affordable import and export rates for sending and receiving products anywhere around the world, whether it be by air freight, sea freight, courier or road freight. Lila provide a bespoke service for shipments so you ain't being passed between departments and you have a direct contact at all times 24-7 for shipments. Check out their website at www.lilalogistics.co.uk for more info. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. West Ham are through to the fifth round of the FA Cup, but only just. We'll be talking about that rollercoaster game against Kidderminster, another heroic performance from Declan Rice, Yarmolenko's mindset, a great stat on Jared Bowen, our night in a ghost town, and two bin burgers on match day. All that before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. X, what a day. We beat Kidderminster, but fucking hell, only just. That was a bit too close for comfort, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously happy days. We're through now, and ultimately that's the the end result that you want, regardless of who the opposition are. Um, and I think people underestimate how hard it is going to non-league teams and, and putting in performances like that. You can only see by the fact that, you know, there have been shocks for for years, particularly of West Ham, but, you know, Boreham Wood into the next round, for example, and there's always that happens. But that said, it was, I, I, I didn't really enjoy the game. Up until the last minute, you know, <laughs> last the last mm. seconds when Declan scored, and then again when Gerard scored, but the it was it was disappointing. Not going to lie, too many players massively underperforming, being outshone, uh, upstaged by you know Kidderminster players who are about six tiers below them. Had we got out to um, Kidderminster, it would have been one of the biggest shocks in FA Cup history. I would have said, um, but thankfully, thankfully we've got a world class player that had to come on and save the game and he did. Mm, absolutely, and we'll come to him in a second. But we always expect a tough game against lower league opposition, and we all know about giant killings. We've experienced enough of them. But how can we field 
a really strong side in comparison to Kiddy and play so poorly? Is it purely down to complacency and not wanting it as much as the opposition? If so, why? Because this ain't a pre-season friendly. It's for a place in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get the psychology of it all. Really, I think, I think maybe the underdogs are so up for it that they literally put everything on the line and they put everything into that game. Um, and I think maybe their extra motivation um, levels counteract for their lack of ability. And then also you got a pitch that's not ideal. You know, it's not up to Premier League standards, for example. Um, dressing rooms probably aren't up to Premier League standards. And I guess as much as it's wrong, they settles the the highly paid diva-ish players and and you know the thing is as well with the with the squad we've got now you know obviously noble and rice there's other exceptions care and i reckon there's probably some of them that aren't that bothered about the fa cup not like they are the league cup um i'm sorry the the league or the europa league um and i just think you know, a combination of factors really, mate, but it's not acceptable at all. I mean, there's too many players that are massively, massively underperformed, and unfortunately, it's the same players every week now. So it's not like you can put it down to it being a one-off against a difficult, you know, opposition that they're not used to playing against. These players have been poor for a while, and it just emphasises the point even further as to why we didn't recruit in January. Mm. Well, one player that stood out more than most for the wrong reasons was Andrei Yarmolenko. And there are two talking points I want to ask you about. The first one is the dive. Have you seen it back? Yeah, it's terrible. It's embarrassing. It's fucking horrendous, isn't it? I mean, it was yeah. exactly that. It was embarrassing. The execution of it was embarrassing. Yeah. But my bugbear on that, X, is if he doesn't go down, he's throwing on goal of a chance to score. I mean, what is he thinking? He's through on goal of a chance to score his right foot and the ball was going quite fast. Therefore, I think he knows that he's too slow to catch it. If he did catch it on his right foot, probably an easy way to cop out of actually having a having having to face missing from that range. <laughs> Fucking hell. Do you know what? I mean, this is rough maths. I'm not even sure I've got this right in terms of the facts, but I'm pretty sure that if Yarmolenko never spent a penny of his wage for six weeks, I think he could buy Kidderminster. The football club, in terms of their valuation, is yeah. is roughly about six and a half. I think. Well, he would have earned more than every one of their players and manager and staff combined in that when that week. I'm sure mm. in terms of wages, <laughs> when you think like he's on 105 a week, I think without bonuses and stuff. You know, I, I don't know what an average wage is for Kidderminster, but it's got to be in the hundreds if it's a weekly wage. Mm. It? So yeah, you know, there's there's no way that it's like. There's no way that it's going to be anywhere near comparable yet their players. Every one of those players played better than he did. Mm. And he wasn't the only one. There were two or three others that were dreadful as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a group. We just wasn't good enough. I mean, that was obvious yeah. to see. But sticking with Yarms, the second point I want to make and ask you about is his reaction to Declan's yeah. equaliser. Because all the players are going mad, as were yeah. the fans. But Yama just turns and walks away. I mean, do you know much about his happiness at the club and where his mindset is at the moment? Well, I was always led to believe that he's a likeable fellow. Everyone likes him. They get yeah. on well with him. He's part of the team and et cetera, et cetera, which may have been why he's lasted as long as he has. But that reaction did disturb me. I mean, I tweeted it myself on Twitter that, you know, look at the difference between him and Fordales. I know Fordales provided the assist and there's a bit of self-satisfaction, but that you can't hide that emotion that he showed and Ben Rama and all the other players. And then you see that Yarmolenko's walking away. I hope to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's a disappointment of um, of the fact that he's played so poorly and he probably thinks maybe I should be the one scoring these goals. I've played 90 minutes and we're, and we're relying on Declan to score. Um, when, you know, really, by international standards, you know, playing for Ukraine, he's a bit of a legend. So maybe I'm hoping it was down to disappointment in his own performance more than anything. But whatever the case, it does give you serious concerns. Um, you know, he's got a lot going on in his home country. I'm, li I'm literally looking for excuses because if you can't find an excuse, use then it's not acceptable is it really i don't know how if you care about a football team and you care about your reputation and your football team's reputation how regardless of how you've been playing and how regardless of what's going on in your home country and your career and etc etc you still wouldn't be able to hide those emotions of a last minute equalizer in those circumstances like he did um mm. 
So yeah, it's disappointing, and then he knows he knows that the jury's out on him, which is probably an understatement, and that the fans are on his back, and that you know people aren't happy with the fact that we've not signed these strikers, and he's probably going to get game time up front and stuff. So at least show that you care. I mean, mm. the, the penalty dive and then that reaction combined through a poor performance. You know, he, he actually kind of assisted Bowen's goal, but that was because he did a terrible shot. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, and, like, and it's just like, it's just like, you know, you think when the when the eyes are on you like that, the one thing you can do is show a bit of passion. And if things aren't going well, you know, if you apologise to the fans, and if you work hard, they'll buy you more sympathy. Whereas when you're doing that, showing the lack of interest apparently then that's it then that's not great and it's why it's the same with what happened with Alaire you know Alaire towards the end people said oh it's his body language his persona whatever even if it is you know a simple fix of the fans is to show that you care you know that that buys mm. you time so mm. use a bit of football intelligence even if you don't care fake that you do um, but oh, mm. yeah, a very disappointing evening for him and you know when you must have like when you got Oco Flex for example sitting on the bench that's been banging in them in for the academy and looking like a decent talent. You must, he must be thinking to himself, What do I have to do to get on here? And ultimately, as well, it sends a bad message out to those players that we'd rather stick with a guy that's not putting any effort in or performing than give you guys a chance. At worst, even if Oco Flex doesn't play well, you're going to get someone that puts energy in and puts effort in because he's fighting to establish himself as a Premier League footballer. So mm. worse, you're going to get effort from him. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And interestingly, that was going to be my next question to you about Oco Flex, because he's the one academy graduate that is really, really exciting me at the moment. I mean, what he's delivering for the under-23s is fantastic. Some of the pre-season games he played with the first team was brilliant. Celtic especially, he absolutely smashed them. This, I would have thought, would be the perfect opportunity for him. He's quicker than Yarmolenko for a start. Not too sure it's on his natural side to play where Yarmol was playing. But one thing that he wouldn't have that a lot of players did have is complacency. I think his mindset would be similar to those of the Kidderminster players going into that game. So I actually thought it was quite strange that he didn't start, um, especially when you look at the fact that, and I, I don't know if this applies to cup games, X, maybe you know more than I do in that respect, but Yarmolenko probably would have got an appearance bonus on top of that 105 grand a week. So it makes yeah. even less sense for Oco Flex not to start. Do you agree? Yeah, I do, mate. I do. And, and I think it sends a, a poor message out. I, you know, I also take Connor Coventry, for example. Now, I know things possibly didn't go that well for him at Peterborough. And so people already like to say, well, if he can't play at championship level, he's not going to be good enough for us. There was other factors involved in why he didn't do well at Peterborough, not his ability. He's gone to MK Dons, yes, that League One, but he's performed really, really well there, apparently. And that like, was man of the match on um Saturday or whenever they last played and um, I think to myself he's got to be a better option than Crow. you know Crow's on loan you know he didn't particularly do well again and and I think to myself well he's a foreign player he's going to cost about 14 15 million is he any better than Connor Coventry not from what I've seen and like what you said about Ocker Flex Connor Coventry played really well in pre-season we were talking about him being um, one of the best performers across the whole of the preseason, um, and I think well he's got to be surely a better option than Crow as well. But like to go back to Oku Flex, what does he have to do to get to get past Yarmolenko? I hope, and obviously I don't know the team for tomorrow. I hope that if there is a chance between a choice between Yarmolenko and Oku Flex, whether it be for a bench or for a starting position or to come off off the bench, Okuflix now gets the heads up over over Yarmolenko because Yarmolenko couldn't really have been any more ineffective. You know, a, a, a terrible dive, missing opportunities, not doing anything against a conference, a conference North or whatever they are team. It's just not acceptable. He, and I, and I don't get this as well. You know, like, you know, obviously, as I've established before, I've never been a great footballer, but whenever we played, like, if we were playing like power league or if I was playing for the school team and I knew the opposition was weaker than what I than what I was used to and that I was going to be better than them I'd love it because I thought oh, it's a chance for me to get three goals here and play really well and I'd be if anything more up for it than against a team that I thought oh, shit they're better than me I'm going to look I'm going to look crap today so I don't know why he didn't think right I could get a hat trick here really get get myself back in the fans good books and put in a good performance but it looked like he just didn't care and he was, mm. he was terrible. Mm. It's really strange. And, you know, it's funny because 
this squad is pretty light as it is, as it stands. But when you look towards the summer, I mean, I'm thinking we've got a hell of a lot of work to do, you know, because a lot of people say that with how we are now. But actually, when you look at the fact that Yarmolenko is almost certainly not going to have his contract renewed, he'll go. Fredericks looks like he'll go. Noble, as it stands, he's going. Uh, Kral's going. Um, and look, I know people don't like to talk about it, but let's not bury our heads in the sand. There's a good chance that Declan might be going. There's five squad players there that is going to be missing. And four of those are said to be really good lads and quite influential in the training room. So we are going to have a big summer on our hands, aren't we, in terms of recruitment? Oh, massive. I mean, I'd say we probably need, if you include those people going, like you said, Martin, um, you've got Frederick, like all the players mm. you said there, um, you know, you, you, we may even lose Ogbonna. You know, Ogbonna's not signed a new deal yet. I think he's going to be offered one and should sign it soon. But the Italian clubs are showing interest in him now. May, maybe he might want to go back to Italy to finish his career now being being Italian um, and it's um, you know we could need up to like eight players in the summer really yeah, when you think yeah. about it you know Randolph will probably go as well you know Ariola. you know like like you said there's there's a number of players there you, you think as well Antonio's going to be 32 Cresswell 32 you know there's a lot of additions needed to the, what we have now well if you if you add that tally up it does come to eight and these, I mean, apart from Declan Rice, because obviously there's no guarantees there, but the rest of the ones, that's seven. And like I say, the majority of them are good lads and well-liked in the dressing room. And we know how important that is for the camaraderie of the squad. So mm. I tell you, Rob Newman and David Moyes and the bold, well, they've got to get their fucking act together. They really yeah. have. We can't have a January and August because we'll be fucked. No, um, I agree. Um, Jarrah Bowen scored the winner. It was a goal that we delayed celebrating because we thought it was offside, didn't we? Yeah. Um, but absolute scenes when it was given. And speaking of Jared, generally, um, you posted an interesting stat about him, and that is that he has been involved in more goals in all competitions than any other Englishman in the Premier League, and that's 10 goals and eight assists. He really is going from strength to strength, isn't he? Yeah, well, it's easily to say now, but I think... If you if you want to include Zuma, an injury-free Zuma, the three best players at West Ham by a mile are Zuma, Rice, and um, Bowen. Now I yep. think those three stand out, and I think even with Zuma, though it's hard to one hundred percent judge because he's missed so many games so far, and potentially he's going to be missing even more. Um, so I think Bowen and Rice are are by far our most valuable players now. I mean, I I wouldn't quite price Bowen in the same value league as Rice but I'd be disappointed if we sold him for like 50 million I mean he's worth more than that I don't mm. think you can I know that sounds ridiculous because 50 million is just huge but in this market where we're told it's very hard to sign players who realistically are West Ham going to get for for 50 million that's going to be any better I mean Anderson was 40 you know, look mm. at the difference in contribution to the side between Bowen and Anderson. Um, and it just goes to show that those players that may not have the Premier League experience and may not have the CV of a top Premier League player can be turned into top Premier League players. You know, as is the case with Bowen and Antonio and Cresswell and other examples that you, we can buy from the championship and turn these players into quality Premier League players if you get the right ones. You know, this is why in January, taking a punt on a, a, a championship centre-back or a championship forward for a, a reasonable fee would, wouldn't have been a huge gamble because, you know, you sign one and they don't work out. Well, you've got a, a bit of resale value. It, it's not the end of the world. You know, if you get the right lad in that's determined to prove themselves, having someone that's going to at least run around and make an effort is better than having no one. Mm. And it's and it's just, I don't know, just really frustrating. I think, sadly, as I predicted on last week's show, I told you the minute, I said, immediately I said it was Antonio, but, but almost what I said, Zuma, you know, now injured, no one knows the extent of his injury at the moment. And as, as of going to podcast at what time is it now? 11 o'clock, you know, we don't, 11 o'clock on Monday, we don't know the extent of his injury. But let's just say he's ruled out for a long period of time. We've got to go the remainder of the season, essentially of the European, um, Dawson and Diop was an absolute disgrace against Kidderminster. Mm -hmm. He was completely bullied by players 
far lower down the spectrum in football in terms of him and he was bullied and knocked around and just looked completely out of his depth and that's just worrying you know his fall mm. from grace is huge mm. there's you know look at Dawson again pick Dawson up and you know Dawson might not be everyone's cup of tea but we picked him up for approximately four million and he's he's a, I'd much rather have Dawson in the team than Europe at the moment mm. and I think you know there must be another championship equivalent centre back out there that could come in and do the job particularly at centre back you know I think it's easier to be like you know the difference between a average and a good centre back is not a huge difference yes world class ones it is because they can dribble they can control they can dictate play but just a sort of a Dawson-esque centre back there's not a huge amount of difference between him and the probably three or four others so there must be others out there you can pick up mm-hmm. Declan Rice I stated the obvious in the stands when I said that if he comes on, he changes the game. And he did that, didn't he? It's because he's a world-class player. He's a world-class player. He should be able to do that in any game. But when you're playing against the calibre of opposition that we were, every player should have been able to do what Declan did because they should be so much better than the opposition. But but Declan did what, what you predicted, what probably everyone else predicted, and he came on and, and was just head and shoulders better than the, the better than them and I and thank God he did because he saved us from utter humiliation you know, mm. it's like at the moment it feels a little bit like Declan Rice FC with a, mm. with maybe Gerard Bowen as a subplot but mm. at the moment like the, Declan is just head and shoulders above everyone else and not just that in terms of his ability but the, the way he conducts himself you know yes Stuff he said about Kidderminster afterwards, the fact he stayed behind apparently, and obviously we'd gone by that point, but when said hello to all the fans that stayed behind, went around, shook the uh, Kidderminster players' hands, apparently gave his shirt to one of them, and you know, like he just conducts himself world classly as well. And I think we're very, very lucky to have him, and at no cost should we, should we sell him. I don't mm. think we'll be able to keep him forever, but at no cost should we sell him because there's nothing we can do to replace that influence he essentially almost with the addition of like Funhouse and Bowen a bit essentially saved us on his own from FA Cup humiliation he just mm. can't put a price on that no you can't and you're right it's, he's irreplaceable and that's uh, the problem that we're potentially going to have but now going back to my initial question when it comes to you know why this happens when you go to a, 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 a club in the cup that's far more inferior to what a Premier League club is. It's because complacency just creeps in and not enough players apply that professional attitude and level of respect to the team that they're playing. And that's one thing that you can't say about Declan Rice. Because if you look at the way he conducts himself, like you said, and this is why he's, he's a fantastic captain and he'll continue to be a fantastic captain when Nobes goes. It's his likability, it's his professionalism, it's his consistency on the pitch. Uh, and it's just the, the overwhelming amount of respect that the players and the fans have for him in the game. And it just goes to show that whether he's playing at the new Camp in Barcelona or the Agra Stadium in Kidderminster, he's going to be the best player on the pitch. Just mm. absolutely phenomenal. Um, and as far as the Patriots go, uh, they voted for their man of the match. And uh, I think this is a record because Declan got 93% of the votes. And would you believe in second place was Yarmolenko with 2%. Yeah, so clear, clearly a few piss takers there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then there was a handful of one percenters, but yeah, I mean, you just, you just can't, you can't argue with that, can you? Because he didn't no. even play the full game, but when he, when he did play, he absolutely bossed it, didn't he? And a good finish as well. Almost as good as his celebration, I thought. Yeah, really good finish. And not to change the subject, but I've just had an exclusive bit of news come through on my, on my phone, which I think is relevant for us to discuss now. Um, I've just been literally Kate popped up in my emails. Um, that, okay. um, that Zuma should be fit for the Watford game. He, oh, he's, wow. He, Brilliant. Yeah, he's declared himself that he's a, uh, but he, he 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 thinks he'll be able to start. I mean, that's not that's not um, confirmed confirmed because I don't know what the team uses, and obviously anything can happen between now and then. But it's just popped up from one of my best sources there that he thinks he should be available for tomorrow. So so that's good. That's good news to put on a positive. But as you said about Deacon, yeah, great finish. Um, took it really well. Um, 
probably the only place you could really put it because obviously there was defenders coming in and the, and the keeper had been playing well, just smacked it home. Um, and a great celebration as well. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you noticed, Ben Rama's little attempt next to him as well. Have a, <laughs> no, I didn't actually. Yeah, have a look back. It's funny. Ben Rama sort of does a couple of like cheeky Michael Jackson kicks with his leg, but not quite to the same uh, same uh, spectacle as Declan's. But, uh, yeah. mate, the guy is just so likeable, so yeah. likeable, just on and off the pitch. Um, and he's a real ambassador for West Ham and whatever happens to him at the end of the season, you know, we don't know at this point what's going to happen to him unless just say he does go and heaven forbid he does go to Chelsea which would be gutting it really really would be gutting to see him playing for them I think West Ham fans just to have to accept and just give him the respect he deserves regardless of where he ends up because he's done so much for us in in recent years and and he's just such a such a top lad and yeah it's it all it basically the substitution of him yeah you know, i honestly believe had we not had him on the bench because there must have been a dilemma from boys to think right i'm just gonna give Decker the, the weekend off you know he's had a yeah. tough like you know tough season in terms of games both for the national side and for West Ham. I'm going to give him the weekend off, which he did a few other players. He must have been tempted, so thank God he didn't. Because obviously, he, I honestly believe out of the whole squad, he's the only player that could have came on and changed the game as he did. Even And I go as far as saying Jarrett Bowen and some of the other really like good players we've got, there's only one that's world-class at this point, and that's him. Mm, yeah, and he'll go on to Captain England for years and years oh, to come gotcha. as well, without a predi- question. A prediction I made about four years ago, I might yeah. have. Yeah, no, I know, no, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I think without question, the most shocking part of the day was seeing not one, but two burgers binned during oh, the God. burger review. Absolute carnage took place. And <laughs> after hearing so many positives about the food in Kidderminster, I can't hide my disappointment and neither could Roger. What were no. your thoughts? Because I haven't had a chance to watch the burger review back. And I was a, you know, a good few rum and cokes down, to be fair. Understatement. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit of an understatement, let's be yeah. honest. Well, the fact that it was actually scotch and not rum, it tells you everything you need to know. I can't remember what I was fucking putting down with rum. But I do remember just a sheer disappointment because I haven't looked forward to a burger review as much as I have done with Kidderminster because you just get waves of people telling you how good their food is. Granted, a lot of it is, you know, the cottage pies or the mince pies or whatever, but the burger was piss poor. And uh, and, I, and I don't take it back. I, I've followed suit with Roger. I think they belonged in the bin. But I want to get more of a kind of descriptive version of your events with that burger because, as usual, I think you pretty much demolished yours before me and Roger took a bite, didn't you? Well, well yeah, I, I'm still quite traumatised by the whole experience, if I'm honest with you, because obviously I went there with high expectations like yourself. And first of all, you know, Roger wasn't meant to be there for the review. He was just a welcomed but late yeah. addition to the yeah. party. So I, I just didn't foresee this, this turn of events. And, you know, Roger, my previous experiences of Roger have always been, you know, really friendly, really lovable bloke, <laughs> you know, very done so much for Isla, absolutely, you know, diamond, heart of gold, would never upset anyone. So I just wasn't expecting the sheer brutality of the, of the, re- the review. And, you know... Yes, I was eating it. I was thinking, geez, these onions are not great. You know, they are literally like plastic and they're very hard. And the meat is just like, I remember once as a kid, right? I went to B&Q with my dad when I was probably about, I guess, five or six. And they had loads of like barbecues on display. Yeah, it was the summer. And you know, the barbecues, they always put like, they used to anyway, a selection of food for decoration. Right, just to make yeah, it look yeah. real, but they're obviously cardboard like burgers <laughs> and sausages and stuff. I yeah. remember as a kid, I didn't realize that, and you know, thank god it wasn't a real barbecue because I would completely burnt my hand. But <laughs> I remember just like gra- grabbing a burger off one of those um barbecues and biting into it, and my dad just pissing himself and going, What are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I'm hungry, and then like spat it out because obviously it was like a cardboard display one. The burger at Kidderminster wasn't far off that um, yeah. in terms of taste and texture. So I agree with the harshness, but mate, at that point, you know, I'd had any breakfast, I'd had any lunch. So at the end, mm. at the end of the day, bar the odd exception, there probably wasn't much I wouldn't have eaten at that point. So my reviews never the most um, 
the most reliable. And also, I have to wait around with you talking to everyone for hours. So it just gives me gives me something to do. So uh, so I just I just polish that off. And yeah, I agree with. I think bidding it in front of their faces is is quite Gordon Ramsay esque. And uh, mate, uh, you, you, mate, you say that. I think that's them getting off lightly. I mean, I had the ump. Right, it did look like you were going to actually verbally abuse them at one point. Me, I was a bit fucking hell. Yeah. Well, listen, I had the ump. If Roger would have thrown a fucking petrol bomb at that burger store, it wouldn't have surprised me. He was even worse than me. We were fucking fuming. Yeah, uh, honestly, maybe there's a maybe there's a place for um, Dave and Rog. The food critics, like it could be an extra addition to Patreon. And we organise for you to go and tour not just burger places, but like restaurants in the mm. local area. You know, yeah. this could be a new branch for us, perhaps. Yeah, but do you know what though? I will say it because I'm always fair, as I'm sure Roger is. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And I don't know if anyone had a burger from that specific place because it was inbuilt into the stadium. When it maybe we went to the wrong place. Well, but... the option on the other side was a plant burger, so I dread mm. to think what that was like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I've literally been a daffodil in a bun. Like, <laughs> Would have had more fucking meat to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that wasn't great. That can you remember what we agreed on collectively for a score for Kidderminster? Because well, I, I think Roger went with zero. I think I went with three, and I think you went with two. So I guess a, a, an average was so three plus two divided by is five divided by three is. Uh, well, it's less than two, isn't it? Um, so it'd be uh, about one point five or something. So I think we have to go with that. That's damning, isn't it? That is yeah. damning. So they yeah. find themselves well and truly in a relegation fight there. I mean, obviously, oh, gosh, Man-, yeah. Man City are already gone because yeah. they thought they didn't have a burger stand. So they've, yeah. they've got minus 12, I believe. But Kidderminster, yeah, just above them, and rightfully so, hugely disappointing. But in terms of the overall experience, how good was it? to be back at a stadium like that, though. It was a fucking oh, good crack, wasn't it? Oh, it was a good laugh. I, I just, you know, in some ways I prefer it. I prefer that sort of experience. It's like proper football. Yeah. It reminds me of going to football in the 90s and, you know, when I first started going and stuff because you turn up and, you know, the ground's in some random location and, like, you see the size of the stands are tiny and there's, like, that real, like, like market, like, uh, street vendors around and then you've got, like, random people filming stuff. You know, you've got Google Maps, if you remember that. Hey, oh, you were that drunk. I thought you were Google <laughs> you, Maps. What are you talking you, about? Do you not remember outside Kidderminster? As soon as we got there, there was a bloke with a really like huge, like what looked like a selfie stick, and he was filming like with a with, with it, a phone on the end of it, and you in your usual totally pissed state, and talk to anyone and won't shut up. Went over to him and went, "Hello, man." <laughs> What are you doing? Shut <laughs> up. I, mate, I don't remember that. Well, oh, and you, and had, I don't remember it. And you had photos taken with it. And then you were going, and you were going, tell me now, mate, will I be on Google Maps? And I was like, oh, God, mate, just stop. And he was like, yeah, 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 you will be, you will be. He was like, all right, let's pose for the camera then. And like, you were doing loads of pictures with it. And he promised you, and this is whether he keeps to keeps to his word, he promised you that you were going to be on Google Maps when they update Kidderminster. <laughs> so, so, so we'll have to say I, mean, I don't you did, remember that I don't remember a did, fucking word of that conversation you did finish it by saying it to him that he reminded you of Lenny Henry as well so I don't know. he reminded me of Lenny Henry yeah yeah so I don't, how I don't did that know. go down not the greatest I don't think <laughs> So, so, so I'm not. He might. Your chances of being on Google Maps might have been eradicated by that comment, possibly. But, Fucking but, uh, hell! Yeah, I don't so remember no, that. Oh don't remember God. that. No. And then I try. Then we like. Obviously, the burger review is what the people want. You know, I, I like to deliver to our patrons what they want. You know, and so I'm saying to you, mate, we need to go now. We need to get a burger review. So you walk two meters down the road. The next person comes up. Hello, Dave, and he's really nice. I don't want to knock it because it's lovely for us to get recognised and stuff and yeah. I'm like right, right mate we need to wrap this up we need to go right, and you're like okay mate okay mate five minutes later right mate we really need to go and look two metres down the line hello Dave oh, like, <laughs> you do yeah, get a bit stressed out you because... have the sort of you have the sort of aura of a dog that's going to the vets you know what I mean at that point <laughs> you get a bit is... of a shake on and you can see it in your eyes you're getting that haunted look the thing is, like, I love people coming to us. I love the people that talk Don't to fucking us. sound like it. No, I do. And I know. And they must think I'm a complete wanker because you're, you're standing there. Hello, mate. Oh, 
oh, let me tell you my life story. Okay, I'll turn and into I'm... Bob Beckett all of a sudden. <laughs> and, I, and, I'm like, and I'm like, mate, we need to move on a bit now. And it's always me that has to say it. And I feel like I can play with that. And a couple of times people say to me, oh, I know you and Dave are busy. And I'm like, yeah, I know it looks like I'm the one driving this, but we do have a few things to do. And so, so to all those people that think I'm rude, it's literally once the burger review's done, boom, that we can talk as much as we like. But Dave's, Dave's awareness of time isn't probably the greatest. When no, he's I'll give you that. I'll give you that. And a, and a few scotches and stuff. Yeah, so. but you know what, though? Honestly, mate, that's really rocked to me what you said about the Google Maps, Philip, because I remember... Do you not remember it at all? It was no, literally I, well, as soon as we got out the Uber. But this is, it, well, I don't remember the fucking Uber for a start. Oh, so okay. there was obviously a window in that day very early on. That's well, in the Uber, you discussed how forever. shit Kidderminster was to someone that lived in Kidderminster all their life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, let's, let's be fair. Though. I mean, we'll, we'll come to that in a second, right? But, but the, the, the thing that's strange about it is I don't remember the Uber driver. I don't remember offending a Kidderminster resident either. And uh, I don't remember the Google Maps conversation. But then I do remember speaking to Ev, speaking to Ryan and Nicky Hawkins and uh, Harry Hamilton. And there's quite a few people really in the run up yeah. to getting into the ground. I remember all that. So that's what's so strange about not remembering re- remembering any part. Maybe it was that stellar then. Because if you remember correctly, we, when we got there, after you'd finished the Google Maps discussion, you went over to an off-license, told everyone in there <laughs> to watch me because I'm an absolute nightmare and stuff. Um, and then went in there, I'm not going to say exactly what you said, not on this air, but not on air. But, uh, and then uh, you went what? <laughs> you went and got a Stella, and then uh, and then you came out and down the Stella. So maybe the Stella is what pushed you over the edge. What do you what mean? I, was... well, I said to watch you because you're to a watch nightmare. Me. Yeah, and I'm a hooligan, and I'm a. And I'm oh, I see. Uh, Give me a like, heads up that you're a bit yeah, of a handful. That I'm likely to run out with all their alcohol and stuff. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to say, X, going back to the um, the insulting conversation that I don't remember having with the Kidderminster resident taxi driver. I mean, fucking hell. I mean, I, I think... He was I've a Man a United fan. Do you remember that? You guessed that he was a Man United fan? Uh, no, I don't, mate. I don't remember oh, that, no. Okay. no. But I obviously had something about me at the time to have made such an educated guess and got it right. <laughs> There was quite a few like obvious indicators, like the Man United thing hanging from the window. Oh. <laughs> 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 right, sure so, it was the most yeah. detective. Credibility <laughs> dying by the second, then, in which case. Yeah. Was but, it uh, science? No, it wasn't. But, but to, you know, if anyone lives in Kidderminster or is very fond of Kidderminster and is also offended by what I've just said, to put it into perspective, for those that don't know, we stayed in Kidderminster the night before and X drove. And we actually... We actually got to Kidderminster about uh, eight o'clock just after X, would you say? Yeah. And we dumped our bags in the hotel, didn't we? And just straight away got a taxi, jumped in the motor and said, mate, just take us to a Chinese. I said, I I know we're um, we're chancing our arm because obviously it's a Friday night. I said, so pull up outside the Chinese. And it was the only one, I think, in town or certainly in that that strip. Um, We'll go to the window. And if there is (laughs) two seats available... Uh, noses will be pressed up against the window. And if we can see a table free, we'll give you the thumbs up and then you can shoot off. If not, we'll jump back in the cab and we'll try and find somewhere else. Well, he dropped us off. We went to the Chinese, didn't we? <laughs> Fuck me. I mean, it was, it was, it was literally empty, like half yeah. eight on a Friday night. It was completely empty. So I think we had to wake the staff up when we walked through the fucking door. <laughs> yeah. So then we had like a private yeah. dining experience. Do you remember as soon as you walked through the door, though, you got attacked by a kid with a sword? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. He went a bit over the fucking top of my face as well. Yeah, he did, yeah. Dave like, walked in and sort of did a little playful, like, wah because yeah. <laughs> yeah. he had a sword fight in his hand. Yeah. And, uh, and the kid just, <laughs> kid just ran at him and started beating him. You're not fucking up proper <laughs> Smash me. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Maybe that's why they have no customers. <laughs> Maybe. And I, I, you know, I don't know. It was getting a bit naughty at one point. And he was a similar height to you as well, Wex. So <laughs> I thought, you know, I'd have to be separating you two at one point. Same um, maturity as you as well. <laughs> but no, I had to walk away. He was told up. I was out of my depth. Really. So in the end, we took our seats. <laughs> in the end, <laughs> we took our seats and it was it was all right. It was an all right Chinese. But then again, you know, it's astounding really that you go anywhere on a Friday night at half eight. And it's not as if there are rows and rows and rows of Chinese shops. It was the only one. Yeah. And it was I- it was completely dead. But then when we came out, X, 
it must have been half ten. I think we've done a couple of hours in there. It's a fucking ghost town. There's no yeah. one about. No, and we asked, didn't we? We asked one of the waitresses, what you know, what's the local sort of <laughs> lively spot or whatever, where to go afterwards, and she had to Google it for us, bless her. Yeah. And when she Googled it, it said one bar, and then like, and then there was like, we looked around, and there was just literally not a soul to be seen. And also, it's worth noting about the Chinese. It was very, very bizarrely decorated. So the flooring had a carpet, which you would have expected to see in your nan's house in the 1980s. Yeah, it's great, wasn't it? If you, if you had a nan in the 1980s. And then and then we're on the walls, they had like every <laughs> every sort of meter or so, they had like a picture of some of the dishes that you could order, <laughs> just sanitate to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And, it was a, and, and we literally were the only ones in the whole restaurant. So it was a, and it felt like you'd actually gone round like some distant relative who happened to be Chinese and was going to cook you a meal and like catch up after 30 years and tell you about how they got in the war or something. And they still like haven't a... changed the carpets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like a complete blast from the past. And then when we walked out, it was literally dead. I mean, next door to the Chinese was a kebab house which sold lasagna randomly. That's interesting. <laughs> um, That's never it, a good sign. No, exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, kebab house at 10.30, 11 o'clock on a high street, usually has a few drunk revelers in there, but um, absolutely no one, was it? Absolute ghost oh, town. Well, do you know what? It reminded me, for any anyone out there that's a fan of The Walking Dead, right, you remember <laughs> the first ever scene from the first ever episode where he wakes up from hospital and he walks into the town and it is literally a ghost town. There's, there's no fucker about it. It is just him, right? Sort of quite an apocalyptic feel. Yeah. And uh, we walked out and in that first scene, he finally stumbles across a child that wants to kill him. So <laughs> it's very relatable to our experience in that Chinese in Kidderminster. Yeah. It's the strangest thing. But on a serious note, apparently, and I think we, we got told this by the, the cab driver, the pandemic has just absolutely killed Kidderminster. Because I think at one point there were five nightclubs. Now there's one. Fuck knows where that is. There's fucking no one to go in it. But that's <laughs> on its arse, apparently. And it has just absolutely killed the area, which is actually yeah. really sad, to be honest. Yeah, it was, um, it was, but it, it was, a, yeah, like it was a great, a great away day, you know. Like you said, yeah, like just the, the like standing, you know. I don't usually like standing, obviously, with my childlike height proportions that Dave alluded to, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so, I, so I tend to like not enjoy standing. I mean, I was right standing if you're at a ground where there's seats because you're always at least a at least a tier like at least a <laughs> row or whatever above the person in front of you and i'm not that short i can't see then but when <laughs> when everyone's at an equal height and it's and i think oh God, i can't see but thankfully it had tiered standing as such so we just went right to the back of the uh of the stand and uh slightly to the right of the goal i guess if you were scoring in it um but to the left of it if you were in the stand and yeah just saw loads of people that we knew through various West Ham things and um, yeah, just like proper, proper old school. I'm glad, I'm glad now knowing what the result is and stuff that looking back in the history books of West Ham and hopefully if we get to and go on and win the cup, I can say I was there um, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll always remember that away day. I think that's going to be one of those away days that just stand in your head for years and years and years. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And it is, I know you joke, that I, I talk too much when we're out and about we've got stuff to do but there were so many people that we met as well obviously spending time with Roger was fantastic as well yeah, there were the girls as well weren't there yeah. um, that we uh, that we met what's their Twitter handles we should give them a uh, shout really Edgeware Bubbles and Susan Clark I think that's so it that's yeah. the exact like handle, but that will be their names. I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. So there was loads of people that we met and uh, obviously Ian Morgan, Anthony Houghton as well. It was really good. It was like, a, I mean, that's the beauty of going to an allocation like that as well, is that you, you feel like you fucking know most of the fans that are going to be yeah. there. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was really good. I enjoyed that. But um, did you feel f sorry for Kidderminster? Coming yes. so close to round five. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, you, I, I've actually managed to tweet a few of the uh, DM a few of their players and stuff because they've got like where they're so like non-league. They've only got like a thousand followers and their DMs open and stuff. So I just said, look, you're gonna be proud of it, proud of yourselves and the team, and just you know, I hope your careers kick on from this point and stuff. But like you know, they were absolutely, nice. they were absolutely. Um, you know, credit to 
to the football. I mean, and what's really good as well, great representation of English football that a team in this in the tier that they're in can go and give the team you know that are pushing for a Champions League spot and doing well in the Europa League a match. I don't I don't think you get that in any other league really where it's that much that you know that the, the that lower teams are that good and i think you know credit to their players every one of their players put in a shift i thought i don't know their names but i thought one of their center backs was brilliant i thought their two forwards were good you know like i think i think they played really really well and um you know, I, I wish them. I actually hope I'm. You know, I'm going to keep an eye out for their results for the rest of the season. I hope they get promoted and stuff because I thought, you know, fair play to them. I mean, you know, their fans did give us a bit of crap. I got it last time I went there as well, but. You do that, don't you? You don't get your opportunity against a Premier League team very often when you're that level, so you make the most of it, don't you? So, yeah, of course um, you do. So it's understandable, really. And, uh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a, a good away. A nice little ground, really, for that level of football as well. Yeah. Um, so a couple of decent stands there and stuff. So, yeah, yeah I hope I hope they um, I hope they go on to achieve things. Um, that's yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. No, best of luck to them. Best of luck to them. And if they do get promoted, fuck knows where they're going to go out and celebrate that night. <laughs> yeah, against the Chinese, then, and the whole rest of yeah. That little kid will be ending careers, though, in the last season <laughs> yeah. they fucking have. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was like, uh, I don't know, he could have been his rivals, our Stalbridge fan, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Brooms Grove Rovers. <laughs> oh, mate, it was so funny. Surreal, but funny. Another good away day, that. Yeah, definitely. Um, Talking of away days, we've got another one coming in the fifth round. Southampton away. How do you feel about that? Yes, yeah, an interesting one, isn't it? I'm not, I can't say I'm overly excited about it, you know, because it's a ground I've been to many, many times. Um, you know, it's 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 like you know, it's Southampton. It's not it's not that exciting. But I guess in terms of the draws, it would obviously better if it was at home. But in terms of draws, it's not as bad as it could have been, considering, you know, Chelsea are still in it, Liverpool are still in it, Man City, Tottenham. You know, it could have been, it could have been worse. So I think I'll take it. You know, that said, you know, we struggled against Kidderminster. So even if we got Boreham Wood or whatever, that would have probably been a challenge. So I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it could be worse. And I'd like to think we'll go there, pull, play a fully stripped team and win that game. And then you just got to hope, because obviously the big clubs never draw each other anymore. So you've got to hope there's more shocks in the next round. You know, Forrest did us a favour, um, knocking out Leicester. Middlesbrough did a favour, knocking out Manchester United. So you just got to hope that a couple of those teams get a win. And then, you know, I think, what is it? There's a few rounds that are all championship sides. So hopefully you get one of them in the next round and, yeah, I'm feeling okay about it. I'm feeling okay. And, and Southampton's easy to get to, isn't it? It's only like an hour and a half train drive. So so we'll mm. be there. I've already sorted out our train. So, uh, yeah, we'll be there for the next round. Yeah, looking forward to it. I think you're right. It could have been better, the draw, but it could have been worse, couldn't it? Boreham Wood would have been lovely. Um, yeah. But there you go. It is what it is. I'm expecting a win, actually, at Southampton. Maybe mm. naively so, but... Uh, yeah, it could have been a lot worse for us. And obviously, if we win that, we're in the quarterfinal of another competition now. So, yeah. yeah, a lot at stake. Watford tomorrow night. How do you feel about that game? Um, I'm a lot more worried about it now that Roy Hodgson's been appointed. Yeah, I mean. always a fucking way, isn't it, when he's yeah. been appointed managers? Exactly. And Roy Hodgson, whatever you may think of him, he knows how to set up a Premier League team to have a good go at staying in the Premier League. And he knows how to set them up um, to be hard to break down. So as they showed in their first game against Burnley, annoyingly, I know I tell you, you know what happened without the prediction league, don't you? I had nil-nil <laughs> on that game. And then I woke up <laughs> on, the, on the Sunday morning and thought, you know what, I'm going to change it to 2-0 Burnley. They've just signed a new forward. So if only I just had them. If I'd been as drunk as you, I would have done that. I'd have kept it nil nil. I'd have got the fifty points. Annoyingly, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, yeah, it, I, I think they're a lot harder opposition now than they would have been two or three weeks ago, or when we last played them, which was in the start of January, wasn't it? So mm. um, I think I mean, it's going to be tough. By the end of the day, if we're going to get a European spot, whether it be Champions League or Europa League or whatever. We have to beat teams like Watford. You know, I, I think you're going to have to put a number of players back in that side. I mean, you obviously have to play Antonio, um, even though he's probably absolutely knackered from his Jamaican experience. I think you have to play him. I think you have to bring in Fornells to start. I think you have to bring Lanzini back. Um, you need to bring, obviously, Suchek and Rice immediately. Um, I'd bring Shafau in. 
Cresswell has to start. You know, I think you're going to basically change the team back to the Premier League team. Yeah, you need your best available 11 for that. Without yeah, question. definitely. And, and then it's not till yeah. that Sunday that we play Leicester. So we've got a little bit of a break. So Yeah, I know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a tight game there. What's your prediction? 2-0 uh, West Ham. Okay, I'm going to go 1-0. I can see it being quite close, actually. I'm a bit nervous about that game tomorrow, actually. Yeah, I don't feel overly confident about it, if I'm honest with you. I think it does depend on the team. I mean, if that Zuma news is true, as I say, I haven't been able to verify it because I've been on air as it's came through. And I always, as people know by now, two-source policy, that has come from one of my most reliable sources. So hopefully that means that he's going to be back. Um, uh, He will be playing. And then I think you bring Dawson in, Zuma and Dawson. That's going to have to be the partnership for the remainder of the season, if if I'm honest Mm. with you, I think. Um, And then... Yeah, I think Fabianski will come back in, so it'll probably be probably be about eight changes. The only players I would keep, I would arguably keep Ariola, but I don't think he will. So the only players I would keep probably from that side now are um, Bowen and uh, maybe Ben Rama. They're probably the only two that I would keep. I think. Yeah. And Zuma, sorry, and Zuma. So Mm. they're they're the only three. Yeah, yeah, I make you right. Okay, well, let's hear what else you've got to say. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast, Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. Between the job, the kids, the TV I need to binge watch, I've got a lot going on. But I just discovered my new favorite shortcut, Safeway on Instacart. Everything I need delivered right to my door in as fast as one hour. Safeway's organic produce, fresh treats from the bakery. Oh, paper towels. Hang on. I got to place another order. Download the Instacart app or visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first order. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.